Hey babe, welcome to the She Factor Podcast, a space where we believe empowered women empower women. We're here to inspire, encourage, and equip you to live your best life and find your purpose. Join me every week as we dish out real life tips and tricks on all things juicy, inspiring, and educational, but of course, never boring. I'm Tori Ganahl, a millennial woman on my own journey to She, and your host of the She Factor Podcast. Grab your favorite cocktail or Starbucks drink and settle in for real, raw, and hilarious conversations as we dive into what makes us as women unstoppable. So as promised, the next month is full of She Cares goodness, joy-filled conversations with some of our special guests. And today, I'm so excited to introduce you guys to Jacqueline and it's so funny. We've had like this weird, we can't figure out how we know each other, but like this weird connection. Like I know her from somewhere and I can't figure it out, but we connected through Jess Ekstrom, who you all know as our faith speaker a couple months ago. And I was just so eager to get this girl on She Factor, on our vibe, in our podcast, for our events, because she is so awesome. You guys are going to love her. So she has a book called Stop Getting in Your Own Way. She has her own podcast. She's doing amazing things. So Jacqueline, I can't wait for you to be a part of the She Cares Summit and just having you on the podcast today to talk about your story and your journey. So thanks for being on. Thanks for having me. I feel like maybe we've known each other in like other lives or something. Like we just click so well and I'm so grateful to be here. I know. I just feel like every time we jump on a call together, it's like we could talk forever. So this is going to be a fun podcast with that being said. <laughs> so tell everyone a little bit about yourself and how you have ended up to where you are today. Yeah. So my name's Jacqueline. I am 25 years old. I live just outside Philadelphia with my fiance. We're getting married in April. Um, when I was a little kid, I always had this idea in the back of my mind that I wanted to own my own business. And I definitely knew that I wanted to be wealthy. I used to see my parents struggle financially. And I would always tell them things like, I'm going to buy you a beach house someday. And I'm going to like pay for everyone's mortgages. And I had all these like grand ideas because I saw that financial struggle. And I saw how much pain it caused them. And I really wanted to be able to create a life where I was financially free and had the availability to be generous with my money. And so I always like saw kind of a business as one of those routes, but I didn't exactly know what I wanted to do. And so I just majored in like general business and well, actually marketing and international business were my majors. But I was just kind of like going into business school, not sure what I wanted to do. When I was a junior in college, I decided that I was going to land a corporate marketing internship and maybe try to get my foot in the door for a big girl job when I graduated. And I landed an internship with a Fortune 500 company. And I realized through that summer that it wasn't very fulfilling to me. It was really cool in the beginning. Like the environment, I love people. I definitely have a big extroverted side of me. And that part was fun. But the whole like, I get to do work that matters. And I get to like see my progress really that wasn't there. And I remember it was a specific day. I was driving home from the internship. It was probably like early August. Like I had been there for, you know, over two months and I was driving my parents' old car. Uh, and I thought to myself, if I could start a business that paid me the same as I would make at a job, 
that would be really awesome because I would feel more fulfilled because I would be working hard for my own goals, like rather than someone else's. And that was kind of my first thought. And I like to share this because I think that people assume that, you know, people with big visions always had big visions. And sure, from my childhood, like I said, I had some of these bigger ideas, but they weren't like, I want to change the world. I want to help millions of people. I I wasn't like, I want to write books. I want to speak. Like, I didn't even know anything about that world. I didn't even really get into personal development. I had read a few books in high school, but it wasn't like a big part of my life. All I knew was like, I want to feel good. Like, I don't want to have someone else controlling my hours, controlling, you know, the work I do and kind of just being another cog in a machine. I hated that and it didn't feel good. And so that was kind of like the start. And so I had no idea what business I wanted to start. Contrary to most people who are like, I'm passionate about this. I want to do this. It was not that way for me. For me either. I promise you. (laughs) I love it. And maybe it's really not that way for anyone, but it's just a misconception that we think it is. So what I did was I started this journal. I still have it. And I wrote down like ideas every day of like, what could be businesses? And at the time, I really only knew Shark Tank. In my brain, I was like, I need a product. That was the only thing I could comprehend. Like I need to sell a product. And if I grow that, then I can pitch it on Shark Tank. That was literally my thought process. So I'm like, okay, what kind of product could I create? And long story short, I came up with this idea for these plates that encouraged healthy eating. And specifically eating balanced meals because I struggled with an eating disorder when I was in college and I would binge eat because I would yo-yo diet. And so like from not removing food groups and by actually eating balanced meal that was full filling and satisfying, I would, I wouldn't binge. And so that was like a big proponent of my recovery, I guess, from my eating disorder. So I'm like, oh, well, there's lots of women who binge eat all the time and could really help, uh, could really be benefited by this. So I... I basically scruffed up the money between working a part-time job on campus waitressing and borrowing some money from my parents who, again, like didn't have that much money. So it was like very much like me borrowing like everything they had. So it put even more pressure on me. And I, I manufactured these plates. I spent 10K on them. And other than my friends and family buying them, like nobody bought them and they weren't taking off. And it was a really hard concept to market. There's so much education about like, first of all, that you actually binge eat and that you need to re- not do that. And then here's how you can use this plate. And it was, it was just not very well thought out. And that's okay. It was a really wonderful experience. And after that, I'm like, okay, this isn't working. So I started like interviewing people on campus and trying to figure out like what would work and what could be a better fit to like solve these issues. And I started getting more into like overall wellness, not just food as I became like more far removed from my eating disorder. You know, I wanted to talk about positive mindset, wellness, exercise, all the things. So I wanted to create an app. I raised money on Kickstarter, worked with three different sets of developers, and all of the apps were crashing and had bugs and it wasn't working. And I remember I was meeting with one of my mentors and I'm like, what do I do? And he was like, well, you either have to like give them a deadline and say it needs to be done this way by this time or, or just scrap this idea. Like it, you can't keep going on this. It's, it's, it was like one of the hardest times in my life. And this is why I'm so passionate about failure because like I was now two years into my business. I had only lost money. I was living at home with my parents. Uh, I'm like, at this time, I guess I was like 23 years old. And so my friends were all like, you know, living in apartments and on their own and doing things. And my boyfriend at the time, who is now my fiance, he was like, oh, we should start saving money for a house. And I'm like, saving money? 
I don't even pay myself money. I don't even know how to get gas. Like, it's like, how am I going to save money for a house? And so, you know, it was, it was really this moment where I deeply questioned everything I was doing and if it was even worth it because it was so hard and would I be happier if I just had the job and I just sucked it up and it's only nine to five and, you know, get there right at nine, leave right at five and like have a beautiful life outside of it. And I, I kept going back to it. Like I would literally look up jobs and think about applying to them. And I just couldn't bring myself to do it. Something inside of me knew that I had the power to create this. And I believe that that is self-belief. And I think that we all have fear. And this is what I talk about in my TEDx talk about courage. That courage is when your belief is stronger than your fear. So we all feel fear. It's inevitable. People try to push it away and act like you should be fearless. I think that's total BS. I don't think anyone's actually fearless. I still get nervous before I give speeches, even though I've spoken in front of thousands of people. I still feel that feeling. If I eat Chick-fil-A before, I might throw up. Like I, I got to be careful what I consume before I go on stage. And that's totally normal. So anyways, how I basically bridge that gap from that person who wanted to give up and have made no money and had just failed for two years to where I am now is I listened to my intuition, number one, and I asked myself what I was really good at. And so my intuition was like pulling me to move away from food and really focus on like women's empowerment. And when I asked myself what I was good at, I realized that one thing I was good at was speaking because while I was building the app, I was actually traveling to like all the local colleges that I could get to on the East Coast and also zooming in for um, sorority sessions on the West Coast. And I was sharing my story of my eating disorder and I was raising awareness for what I was creating and I was gathering emails for our beta testers for the app. And it was all like totally unpaid, just me sharing. But every time I would speak, I would get like dozens of Instagram DMs, um, all these women who really resonated with my story. And I realized that that was one thing that kind of came natural to me. And I want to say that just because something doesn't come natural to you doesn't mean you shouldn't pursue it. If you have a desire in your heart, it's worth pursuing. So for example, in another area, like writing has always been a desire in my heart. I've written two books. I'm starting my third. But I wasn't always as innate of a writer. It was something I had to like, first of all, work on my self-belief from like years of English classes of teachers telling me I was a crappy writer and really build that self-belief and then also put in the work to become a better writer as I wrote more and more and more and more. But at this time when I was so uh, down in kind of just feeling really discouraged with my business, I really need it to lean into something that I was good at. So if you're feeling that way, think about like, what am I good at? And so I leaned into speaking. I decided to totally like abandon everything else that I was doing. I didn't have any plan other than I was going to travel to colleges across the country and I was going to empower women to work towards their dreams and welcome failure. Because all I had successfully accomplished at that time was getting back up after I failed. And I thought that that was a pretty big accomplishment. I started talking about it and people loved it. They're like, wow, you're so great. And I'm like, I'm so great. I've accomplished nothing, but it really resonated. And that was like my big breakthrough year. I grew the business to six figures from like negative numbers that year, which was 2019, just from sharing my message and like really putting myself out there and going all in on a specific goal. And then that one specific goal it kind of branched out to the other things, which led me to life coaching. And that's how I wrote my second book. My first book I had written when I was in college, kind of doing the exploratory stuff. And it's about um, my binge eating and things. But my second book, Stop Getting In Your Own Way, is all about 
you know, the things that I had to overcome in this process of building a business and creating my dream life. So yeah, that's kind of the long story short. It was definitely a journey filled with failures. And I just, I just kept trying and I just kept listening. My intuition has always been really, really important and a guiding factor to me and just building my self-belief, like believing really that I could do this. And I think that's a differentiating factor for people who succeed and people who give up because I don't, I wouldn't say fail because I don't believe in that fail is a good thing, but succeed versus give up. I think those are the opposites. And the people who succeed just decide that they're going to, that nothing is going to hold them back, that they're going to figure it out no matter how hard it is, no matter how many times they pick themselves back up. And that's what I did. And I'm so grateful to be here today. And I just want more people to decide. First of all, believe that they're worthy and deserving of the life they want and then decide and start creating it. Just keep going. Like if you have fear, but you know that it's destined for you, then the fear doesn't even matter. You just, you just rise above it. So. Well, it's interesting you bring that up because obviously last week I had Britt Barron on the podcast, which is also one of our She Cares speakers. And we talked a lot about fear and the difference between fear and joy and freedom and how fear and joy actually coincide. And something that I love about everything that you just said is that you were pushed out of your comfort zone. You didn't know what you were doing. You thought that you had failed. And I think that there's this beauty and this joy that comes out of failure and fear that when we just lean into it, so much magic happens. And I think that we're all so resistant to that. But fear is way more common than we think. You know, it's that feeling, that gut feeling, and you talk about listening to your intuition of being uncomfortable. And we don't like to feel uncomfortable, but that's when growth is happening and we just don't even realize it. So when I listen to your story, it just reminds me so much, one, of my own story and my own journey of not finding passion in corporate America and really struggling to deal with the failures that I thought I had. But when you lean into your strengths and lean into your passion and lean into what you are being called to do, what your intuition is telling you, failure is one, not failure, because you're going to learn so much from that experience. And fear is not fear because at the end of fear is joy. And you have made it through 100% of your bad days and you've made it through every bad situation. So what's holding you back? And I, I think just your mindset is so strong and so positive. So talk a little bit more about like how you came to that mindset and how you've embraced that and how you practice having a good mindset in leading that to success. Yeah, this is a really good question. So I think part of it is innate. Like I do think, you know, if you ask someone who went to high school with me to describe me, they would probably say something like, oh, she's so happy. And she's kind of like the sunshine on a cloudy day. And like, I've always, and that's why my branding is, this is a whole side note, but personal branding 101. I worked with an amazing personal brand consultant and she had me like survey people that knew me about who I was. And then we just created my brand around that so that I didn't have to try. So it's really easy to show up on social because I just be myself. And my color scheme, everything is like relevant to sun because that's the number one word. We hear people say light. That's why my podcast is Spark Your Light. So I think part of it is like who I am. And I think we all have... So I don't want to say that to make you think like, if you're not this way, then you're never going to be this way. But rather for you to think about as listeners, who are you? And what's your unique kind of energetic blueprint almost that you're putting out into the world through every person you meet? And it's like really a beautiful thing. And I think it reminds me too, in industries that are competitive, like they're not actually competitive because no one is your exact energetic blueprint. And so you get to 
show up in that way. And all you have to do is lean into who you already are. And you're already such a beautiful soul. But on that note, really quick, because I think it's important, we talked about before doing this podcast, whatever message you want to put out in the world, whatever energy, you don't have to be an entrepreneur in order to do that. Like you don't have to be all of this stuff we're talking about, even though you and I are entrepreneurs, it doesn't have to be applicable to entrepreneurs. It can be applicable to anyone. And it's so funny that you just brought that up about their industries, because I remember when I was at my last job, that was what I felt. I think why I was so unfulfilled and so frustrated is because they try to make you into a type of person that, you know, you follow their process, you follow their blueprint, you follow like, you have to act a certain way and role play and be a certain way. And that was so frustrating to me because my energy was just so locked up and I couldn't be myself. And I felt like I had to be like this robot. But now looking back, it's so funny. I have these thoughts all the time. I'm like, well, if I went back, which I'm never going to, but if I did go back, I would be so different. Like I would be such a better salesperson because I'm so much more confident myself and I would exuberate my own energy and not listen to, you know, how I think that they should think I should do it. I would do it in my own way and I would be so much more successful. So it's like, once you find that energy, and I think that lives a lot in your personal brand and what energy you put out into the world, it's so powerful and it changes you and exudes confidence, you know? Yeah, 100%. And I totally agree. Like my, it's really important to me that my message is for everyone. Like I always joke that like, I want my message to resonate with my dad. I want it to resonate with like men and women of all ages that everyone can live any life that they desire. And so the way I like to think about your energy is it's this ripple effect into every person you interact with. So like you go into the grocery store and you give a big smile to the cashier and then she takes that home to her child and then her child takes it to her teacher and then her teacher takes it to her sister and then her sister takes it to her mom, all from you and one smile. And like, I just fully believe that our energy is so powerful. And so just leaning in tears and sharing it is amazing. But back to the mindset thing, the other part of it is that while part of it was innate, like who I am as a being is pretty light and caring. And I kind of bring that energy in the room. At the very same time, I did not have a, um, what I would call like, really like developed mindset. I knew that I liked being positive, but I didn't know how to work through hard things. And Uh, My fiance, Richie, always jokes that someday when they interview him on Good Morning America, which is my favorite part of the story because they're not interviewing me, they're interviewing him um, (laughs) about me. What's it like to be married to Jacqueline? He's going to tell them about when I first started my business and I was manufacturing these plates. The first manufacturer I wanted to work with, it didn't work out with. And I went into like a 10-day depression, like would not leave my bed. And he literally like sent me flowers, tried to cheer me up. Like I was so devastated. That like, I had this idea, I wanted to pursue it and it's not going to work with this factory. I was so devastated. And now like some kind of like really big rejection can come my way and I don't even react. Like I'm like, oh, that's cool. I'm s'mores. They like chocolate. It's cool. That's why I was different flavors of ice cream. We're good. And I just like, and, and he's so impressed with how that has shifted over the past four years since I started. And so I like to say that because I want you to know, like, if you don't have that mindset yet, it's okay. Like, I, I think we have to work on it, right? And, and even now, I still, I still feel crappy. I still have all the same human emotions, but I have better tools to work through them. So I'm going to share first how I built the mindset and then the tools. Cool. So how I built it was reading, which is why I love books and why I love being an author and why I'm committed to writing like dozens of books in my life because they really, really help me. And 
books literally cost somewhere between 10 and $20. And there's libraries that give books for free. So when I was the broke college student putting all my money into my business, literally I would go to the grocery store with 20 bucks and try to buy groceries for the week. Like a book was a stretch for me. And so that's why I love books. I just think like it's a beautiful thing because most people have some sort of access to them. And just really starting to read books about positive mindset, personal development, money mindset was really big for me. I had a lot of um, limiting beliefs around money from my childhood, just growing up in a household where there wasn't always enough money to go around. And that like feeling of not enoughness also was deeply rooted in my own being, which I had no idea. I felt like I was good enough on a conscious level, but subconsciously there were, there was a lot of ways I, I realized it came up as I did more inner work. And as I began to invest in my business more and see the value in it, and I wouldn't even say have the funding to do it because I didn't have funding to do it. I put lots of stuff on credit cards that I couldn't pay. And I uh, found a way to grow my business with investments. Um, Not to say that that's right or wrong. It's whatever feels aligned for you. And at the time, those things felt aligned for me. Um, So I hired coaches and I, I really learned about my limiting beliefs and what they were. And essentially like just to break this down and make this more tangible for you so that you can do it to yourself. You don't need to hire a coach because I don't want you to feel that way. That's not the message I'm trying to put out. You basically want to look at anytime you feel like triggered, anytime you feel stuck and you want to ask yourself and you can journal on this. I, I love journaling. I highly recommend it. What's the belief? So you first have to boil that down. You have to get clear on it. So I'll give you an example. Let's say you really have this idea you want to pursue, whether it's like a different industry that you want to jump into, like make a major career change, or you want to start a business, but you want to make like a major change in your life, in your career. And you want to do it, but you're afraid, right? There's fear. You're like, what if it doesn't work? So what's the belief? The belief is if I make this leap, I might fail, right? That's the belief, right? So that's the first thing. And then the second question is, is this ultimately true? Which means 100%. Is this the truth? Like two plus two equals four. Is this four? And the answer is always no. I'm sorry. The answer is always no. It's not ultimately true, right? Like when we really look at something and I'll give some other common examples of beliefs I hear a lot. Like for example, if I'm going to be financially successful, I'm going to need to work a lot of hours. My parents always told me that. You're going to have to work really hard and work 12 hour days. And if you have a successful business, you'll never see your family. Total not true, right? Are there examples of people that do live their lives according to that belief? Yes. But does it mean it's ultimately true? No. So that's that's the second thing. The next question is, what would be a more empowering belief? So this, you don't have to believe this is true. Just getting down the belief that you would like to believe. It doesn't mean you actually believe it yet, but you would like to believe. So the belief I would like to believe would be in the case of, you know, the leaping in your business and you might fail or whatever it is. I would say something like, if I start this business, my success is inevitable. Like if I just take the leap, my success is inevitable. Or if I just take the leap, I'm going to be successful. I would like to believe that, right? And that would be empowering for me. And that would set me up for what I want. So then this is the part where kind of the magic happens. You want to give that belief evidence. So you can find evidence in your personal life in other areas, not this same area, because obviously you're lacking belief. So what's an area of your life where you took a leap and it worked out? So for me, it might have been when I studied abroad and Richie and I, my fiance, we stayed together and I was away for four months and that was really hard for us, but now we're getting married. 
So it's like, I'm so glad I took that leap and like got to do that thing. So that would be maybe one example. Another example might be like when I put myself out there for, you know, a certain opportunity, maybe it was like applying to a certain college or maybe it was running for student government in high school. It doesn't really matter what it is. Any example from your life that you can come up with that you took a leap and it worked out for you, right? And some people, some situations are like, I truly can't find an example. And a lot of times, you know, reach out to me. If like you're struggling with this, I will help you find an example. You usually can. But if you really can't, you can also find examples in other people's lives, even if they're people you don't know. So you can write down, well, it worked out for Jacqueline. It's working out for Tori, right? Like you can write down celebrities, uh, you know, mentors, people you look up to, people who, you know, do you know anyone who does have a successful career and doesn't work crazy hours? Oh yeah, I know XYZ person or I see her on Instagram. It doesn't matter. Write down as much evidence as you can for your conscious mind to start to wrap around. So that's kind of the, the in the moment process. Now, the one thing I always say is whatever you believe you need to do to manifest a goal or overcome a limiting belief, whatever you believe you need to do for anything really is going to be true because our egos work very hard to prove our beliefs as truth, which is why we need to change our beliefs. So if you believe that in order to overcome this limiting belief, you need to say your affirmation in the mirror 100 times a day, then you actually will need to say your affirmation in the mirror 100 times a day. So I never tell people like, once you do this process, you need to do X, Y, Z things because that just puts another limiting belief on top of overcoming limiting belief, which is silly. So instead, I ask people, what feels good to you? Some people like to write down the new empowering belief in the morning, every day in their morning routine. Some people like to set alarms in their phone and remind themselves of that belief if it's really holding them back. Some people like to say it in the mirror because that helps form a new identity. And some people just say, you know, I feel released after I wrote it out. I feel like I've released it. And I, I trust that my subconscious mind is now forming the new neural pathway already just from writing it out. So all of those can be true, right? There's no wrong answer. So whatever feels good to you for how to kind of keep that up. But I went through that process with hundreds of beliefs. And I continue to go through that process because we never arrive. So every new level, right? Every new income level, every new level in my relationship, every new level in any area of my life, then there's more limiting beliefs that come in. And then it's time to up level again and say, okay, what's holding me back? Why do I feel stuck at this level? Why do I feel stuck right now? And so it's a consistent commitment to this inner work. And so that's why I make sure that I have time in my day available. If something is triggering me, if I'm feeling stuck, if I'm feeling you know, that something is coming up for me that I'll go through this process and address it. So essentially I read books and I did coaching. I went to conferences to learn about kind of positive mindset and what some new empowering beliefs were. And through that process, I kind of illuminated the limiting beliefs and also through getting out of my comfort zone, which is the whole thing, like practicing what I preach. It's like, for example, this is a funny example, but one time I was living at home and I wanted to run to the grocery store to get milk because I like to put milk in my coffee. And it was late at night and I knew we didn't have any milk for the next day. So I'm like, oh, I just want to go in my pajamas. And then I had this massive thing like, I can't go to the grocery store in my pajamas. I'm like, why the heck can't I go to the grocery store in my pajamas? Like, <laughs> why not? Right. And so then I'm like, okay, what's the limiting belief here? And the limiting belief is like, my neighbors are going to judge me if they see me in my pajama pants in giant. And it's like, okay, what's the, a lot of times there's another belief too. Like we can go back to an identity level. Like the identity would be like, well, the first belief underneath that would be, okay, well, I care what people think. And then the belief under that might be like, I'm not good enough. So I need external, um, 
you know, I guess I need validation or yeah, to make me feel good enough. And that's why I care what they think. Right. So we can, we can keep breaking it down, but essentially whenever things like that came up for me, I would just force myself to do it. So I went to the grocery store in my pajamas. I put it on Instagram. I like was showed, shared a story of myself doing it. A lot of people laughed at me. Definitely got some weird looks. And it felt really good because by doing those things that put me out of my comfort zone, by putting myself out there for opportunities that scare me is how I've gotten to where I am. Like I would have stayed so much smaller if I just kind of played in this little circle, mm-hmm. but I didn't. And so I kept doing that. The other thing I wanted to talk about is like, tangible everyday practices. So the journal prompt is really good when something comes up. So things might come up for you every day in the beginning. For me now, I would say things probably come up like once a week where I do like a maybe hour long journaling session where I'm really trying to work through stuff. But the daily practices is often 100% a morning routine. I don't care if it's five minutes or two hours, but commit to practices that make you feel good in the morning before you start your day and consume content every day. It's really odd to me how people think that you can just like consume content like one time, like read one book or listen to one podcast. And let's say even just one for the week, right? Like on Monday morning, I'm going to listen to something on my way to work or whatever. And it's going to last all week. But they don't think that you only have to shower once a week or they don't (laughs) think that you only have to eat once a week. Like it's, it's literally the same thing. Your brain needs to be fed. It's hungry. It needs to be washed, like showered. It's dirty. It has all these it needs to be like almost like uh, I've heard the analogy before of like gardening, like there's weeds growing and they need to be cleared out so you can plant the seeds for the beautiful flowers and you need to water it. And all of that comes from content. So while I have learned so much about mindset and limiting beliefs and manifestation, all these things, I still learn. And sometimes it's the way someone says it, right? Sometimes it's just a reminder of something I already know, but clearly haven't been practicing. How many of us don't practice what we preach? You tell it to your best friend, but do you actually apply it to your life? Probably not, right? I'm going to need to listen back to this podcast and take notes to myself because yes, sometimes I do that. Sometimes I read my own book. Sounds weird, but sometimes I feel like we just, we know, we innately know, but we need to hear it. Mm -hmm. And so having a practice every single day where you're consuming content that lifts you up is really important. And then also like the self-care aspect, which we'll definitely talk about more at this summit is really important too. So I would say those combinations of things from the beginning to the daily practices that I do now helped me build that mindset. So let's talk a little bit, just touch on the self-care aspect and the summit and what your workshop's going to be about. Because what I love about this conversation is I feel like none of it's going to be in your workshop. And, you know, we did that intentionally, but you know, I think that it takes it to the next level and taking all these tips that you're talking about now in your workshop will take that further on how to manifest and take your success outward. So first off, I guess to start, why was it so important to you to be a part of the summit? And why did the message and the the goal and the mission of She Cares Wellness Summit stand out to you? Yeah, so I think that in today's world, most people understand that self-care is important and they'll put it like it's going to be one of the boxes in their life. And they'll, on Sunday night, pour themselves a glass of wine and take a bubble bath and do a face mask. And that's great. Like I'm a huge fan of that practice. I should do that more often myself. It's great. But they don't understand how 
self-care actually relates to manifestation and your vibration and how like all of these universal principles actually elevate self-care to something that is absolutely essential and critical to your success and how you can understand manifestation in a different light. Because I think there's a lot of misconceptions about manifestation. So I'm basically connecting manifestation, law of attraction, your vibration, universal principles to self-care. And I don't think those things are normally connected in most people's brains, but they've been deeply connected in my brain for, for a while. But especially the past year, I've like gone all in on that. And I've done a lot of experiments in my life. And I, I'm so passionate about it. And it's never talked about. So I feel like it's going to be really fun to number one, teach some basics about manifestation and law of attraction, especially for the skeptics or people who are like, I don't really know what that is. Or, you know, it's never worked for me. I have a lot of thoughts for you to share why it doesn't work for you. If you feel that way, I mean, if you already love manifestation and law of attraction and are into it, I think you'll find it really fun to hear my unique take on how self-care is like the number one thing in the equation and how to just like totally revamp your manifestation practice to make self-care the central part of it. And I want to touch on really quick too, because this is something you and I talked about. Like I know personally my own belief in manifestation. I just, I was feeling a lot of pressure from everywhere around me that, you know, I had to manifest and manifestation, manifestation, manifestation. I was like, what the hell is this word? Why does it keep coming up? Why does it feel so complex in my head? Why can't I put my finger on why I couldn't do it in my life and why it felt so complicated to me? But I love the way that you break it down and make it so simple. So can you tell everyone a little bit more about your perspective manifestation, how that shows up in your life and maybe other people's lives? Yeah. So the definition of manifestation is essentially taking something from thought to reality, right? And so I like to say that everything in your world right now, you manifest it. So when people say, I don't know how to manifest or I don't manifest, you wouldn't have reality. Like it, it had to start as a thought. And so the, the most common example I can give is my desk. And so it's like, I manifested this desk and people are like, what? Like, why would you manifest a desk? Because people think manifesting is like, I'm going to manifest this unexpected check in the mail. And that happens too. But that's like people's expectation of it versus the reality of what it actually means. So when I think about my desk, it's like, well, I was in college and I thought, hmm, wouldn't it be nice to have a desk in my room so that I could do my homework? And then I thought, hmm, where can I buy a desk? And then I posted in my sorority Facebook group and I was like, anyone selling a desk? And one of the girls who was graduating, she was moving out of her house and I was moving in, was selling a desk. So I bought it. And so once the desk came into my life, I manifested it. And so it's like literally everything in your life eventually starts as thought, even if it's not conscious thought, right? Like everything, like look, just look in front of you, look around you, look in the room, like everything got there that was once a thought. Even if the thought was like, someone's getting rid of this, do you want it? And the thought was like, do I want that? Yeah. Like every physical, tangible thing. And so that's kind of the basics of it. But then when we go deeper with it, we can actually attract things with having the thought, that first initial thing. and then not really taking, um, I don't want to say not taking any action because I don't want to, I don't want to misconstrue, but essentially like we can have the thought and then it feels kind of magical the way it comes. So I'll give you an example. The other day I was telling my friend like, oh, one of my goals is to get more like podcast reviews. And like, I need to like talk about it more and mention it on the podcast more and all these things. 
And then the next day I went on my podcast and saw I had a new review and I was like, oh, I manifested that. Like I put the intention out there to the universe and the universe then brought it into my reality. And so that's like the fun side of manifestation. But I think a lot of manifestation and the way I teach it is like, you know, get clear on what you want and set the intention and then take the inspired action. So the same way, like the way that I was telling you about how I listened to my intuition when I wanted to move away from food and, you know, my teachings with my eating disorder and move towards women's empowerment, that was the inspired action. And the inspired action was, okay, I want to move towards this because this feels, this feels good to me. This feels aligned. This feels light. This feels easy. This feels fun. And so like pretty much all the time we have to take inspired action. We have to show the universe that we're serious about this desire and we're willing to put in the work. And that's when the magic happens. And what I see happen a lot is it's not logical. So most people think like, if I do X, I'll get Y. So if I post on Instagram about my book, I'll sell copies of it, right? That's like the kind of thought. People will see it who follow me on Instagram and they'll go buy copies. But what magical things happen when you actually believe in manifestation and believe miracles are on their way to you is I do X because that's my part. I'm showing up for my part. My part is what I want. I declare it, why I want it. And then taking the inspired action. That's my job. My job is not the how. That's God, universe, source, whatever you want to call it, whatever you believe in. That's, that's that their job. And so I post the book on Instagram. And then I, let's say, get an email from a conference I'm speaking at. And they say that same day, hey, Jack, we want to buy a thousand copies of your book for the conference. We'll pay full price. We have a budget for this. Sweet. X led to 1,000 Y, right? But that only happens because remember, your ego will work really hard to prove whatever you believe is true. So if you believe X has to lead to Y, then you will always get Y. But if you believe that miracles are happening and you're constantly manifesting, and just because you set the intention, as long as you follow that intention with some inspired action when it comes to you, then miracles, it can be 1,000 times Y. And that's what I believe. And that's what shows up in my life. So you get to choose that. But I think the first step is recognizing that you already manifest. You're not like a good manifester or a bad manifester. You have thoughts and then they become real, right? You want to buy something, so you buy it. It's like that simple. And you can take it to the next level by setting, you know, more scary intentions, bigger goals, right? So like I have the intention that I want to land a traditional publishing deal. That's my intention. Now I'm putting it out there and I'm taking the inspired action by telling people. I tell everyone I meet, what are you working on right now? I'm working on my next book deal. I tell everyone, I want people to know because who knows who I'm going to be sitting next to on the plane, right? Who knows who is listening to this podcast and they're like, I'm an agent and Jacqueline's really freaking cool, right? And so you just keep putting out there your goals and beautiful things will happen. So that's kind of how my take on it is less out there for people who feel like they need more science and more logic. But at the same time, I'm going to caution you because if you believe in too much of that logic, that's all you're going to get, right? hundred percent. I think the biggest thing that I've learned about manifestation, especially over like the last three or four months, is that you have to be open to it coming to you in ways that you aren't expecting. And you have to be open to the universe having a plan and having your back and not being committed to the way things are going to happen. And I think that's why manifestation wasn't working for me before because I was so committed to how it was going to happen. It had to happen a certain way. But I think manifestation more is about just having that clarity and having the true, like deep connection to what you're trying to accomplish. Like 
if I say that we want to have 10,000 people at the She Care Summit, like I have to actually believe that that's possible and true. And I also have to like, that is a clear vision and a clear goal that I have. Like there's numbers to it. It's like setting a smart goal. Like if it's smart, if it's specific and realistic and timely and all the things, then you're putting that out into the universe and the universe is like, yeah, you know what? You are very clear about this. Let's give it to you, but it's going to come in a way that you don't expect and you have to be open to that. So, you know, I think I'm, I'm really excited because I think manifestation can be such a, I think right now it's just so overdone a little bit. Like I think we're all sitting in our homes and like doing all this, like, you know, exploration of new concepts. And I think manifestation is one of those. And people make it so complicated. So I'm really excited for you to make it simple and break it down. Um, We've talked about this. I talked about this with Britt last week. You know, every single workshop from this summit, you're going to be walking away with at least one tool to add to your self-care toolkit. So what is the tool that people who are attending are going to walk away with from your workshop? Yeah. So I deeply love this tool. It is a seven minute affirmations meditation. So it's going to help you with exactly what I was teaching with like I didn't go into the science of this, but essentially when we are forming new beliefs, what happens in your brain is that we form new neural pathways um, and those pathways get stronger with repetition until they become normal. And that's when the belief is what I would like to call it like cemented. Like I imagine concrete being poured and then it's cemented in your brain. It becomes familiar. It's the belief that you go back to. It's the belief that you subconsciously act from. And so one of the best ways to rewire your brain is with repetition, which is why affirmations can be so helpful. So I created an affirmations meditation and the focus is to rewire your brain for the things that most people desire, more money, more freedom, more joy, more fulfillment. And you go through the meditation with me and I actually have you like repeat after me the affirmations and there's some really fun music in the background. And I love that it's seven minutes because you can do it like in your morning routine. It's not too time consuming. I've had really good feedback from people like having beautiful manifestations after doing it every day. So I'm really excited to be able to share that with you guys. Awesome. Well, I cannot wait for everyone to experience your workshop. You know, I kind of feel like this relationship and you being part of the summit was almost like a manifestation that I made. Like when I first initially looked at your brand, I was like, God, she's so in line with She Factor and what we're trying to teach women. And she just simplifies it, makes it fun. And I'm just so thrilled that you are a part of this and that you are on the podcast right now. and that I think this is going to be a long-term relationship that we'll both benefit from in the long term. And I just, we have so much in common and so many things to talk about. So I'm so excited. I love everything you're doing. And I just think that so many people are going to benefit from everything that you are teaching them during the summit. So thank you for being a part of it. Thank you for having me. I'm so grateful. I'm literally tearing up because I'm a <laughs> human being. I feel you, girl. I feel like especially for some reason over the last like couple weeks, I've been on like an emotional like roller coaster of feeling all the feels all the time. And, but I think even just relating it back to our conversation, I think that when you surround yourself with the right people and you put out that energy of this is what I want to accomplish and this is what I want to do. And these are the people I want to surround myself with. Like they flow into your life. And I think you're one of those people. And it's just been really interesting to see even just planning the summit, how accidentally we came across all these women that are so aligned with our brand and so aligned with this summit. And, you know, it has everything to do with what you're talking about. So I'm just so grateful. 
You manifested all of this. <laughs> we're actually, we're, we're working with a manifestation coach for the summit in general. And I posted on my stories the other day, actually, she's having us do this thing where every morning we wake up, we say three things we're grateful for. And then we say in the past tense, all of our goals for the summit in past tense as if they already happened and how we're feeling. And it is freaking powerful, man. It's awesome. It's so cool. And even just that, like that's manifestation, just like talking that into the world. And it's been really awesome to see what has come of it and the, the confidence and the power and the joy that has been flowing from our team because of that. So I think it's going to be a really cool tool that a lot of people don't know that they need in their self-care toolkit that will transform their life. I love it. I'm so excited. Awesome. Well, where can people find you and engage with you? And then obviously, Jacqueline will be a part of our summit on the 29th. And just so people know, if you can't make the summit on the 29th, still get a ticket because you'll actually have the content for six months after. So there's 35 plus speakers. You're not going to be able to get through all of them in one day. So make sure that you do that. But where can people in the meantime, find you and engage with you, get your book, all the things. Yeah. So my favorite place to hang out is Instagram. I'm at Jacqueline DeGregorio. And if you like my content and you like my voice, I want to listen to me more. <laughs> you can listen to the Spark Your Light podcast. Um, my book is on Amazon. It's called Stop Getting in Your Own Way if you missed it. And it's also going to be in the giveaway, giveaway box. boxes. So if you're lucky, you may win one. Awesome. Yeah. And we have a hundred giveaway boxes that we're giving away through the She Care Summit. And I'll share more with you guys as the summit gets closer on how you can win that, but it's actually going to be really fun. It's going to be like a leaderboard. The more you interact, the more workshops you watch, the more involved you are in the summit, the better chance you have of winning. So get engaged, get your ticket. It's only $35. And if you DM Jacqueline also, she can send you the link directly, her special link that she has. So make sure and do that where obviously you can go to any of the She Factor accounts and register as well. But I'm so excited. I can't wait to watch your workshop. And it's going to be just an amazing day and experience. And I just am so grateful that you're involved with it. So thank you for being on the podcast, talking about your story, talking about all the things. It's just awesome. Thanks again for having me. Looking for more than a weekly dose of She Factor? Find us on social media at The She Factor or head to our website, thesheefactor.com to keep up to date with all the trends on our blog and daily She email. Still want more? Subscribe on our app for access to live events near you, special offers from our brand partners, and lots of exciting tools to help you launch your life. Thanks for listening and see you next week.